Well, once again, I'm sitting in my studio recording a podcast actually using um, proper kit. <laughs> I'm not out on the road. I'm not in somebody else's lounge or their kitchen or their living room or their studio. I'm sitting in our studio. It's peaceful. It's quiet. It's a Sunday evening. It's been a long weekend, but a really beautiful one. And this is the Mastering Portrait Photography Podcast. <laughs> Oh, it's Sunday evening and I'm sitting here on my own, laughing at myself, really. I'm sitting here slumped, slumped in my chair with a cup of coffee. Listen, I'll prove it. This is a cup of coffee. There <laughs> you go, cup of coffee, told you. Uh, a strangely um, audio kind of uh, visual, if you like. Uh, it's quiet. It's, uh, it's, uh, no one's around. I've had a shoot this afternoon. I photographed a wedding uh, yesterday. And uh, I'm back here, uh, but I, I laugh because I think I'm supposed to sit up straight when I'm recording these. It, I think it would probably help uh, the vocal cords, but by the time I finish typing everything up and I sit to record it, um, it's always late. I'm always at the end of a long something, whether it's been shoots or edits or meetings or a journey. Uh, and so I'm here sort of lying back in my chair, enjoying a little bit of peace and quiet. Uh, and I thought it was about time I recorded a podcast. Uh, so first off, let's deal with what's been going on this week. Uh, a relatively quiet week for us in some ways. Uh, we've only had a couple of reveals and five shoots. So I've had a portrait shoot, uh, been out to the hearing dogs, uh, a lot of work with them next week, uh, photographing uh, both dogs and some of their recipients. Uh, a big commercial gig, which is good fun. Uh, a guy came in on uh, Friday to do some headshots. He was lovely and one huge uh, wedding. So uh, although that looks like a fairly quiet diary for us, um, we've got a backlog because we've been so busy. I've got a little bit of a backlog on some retouching to do. Uh, so that's been at the forefront of my mind and every waking minute uh, has been dedicated to uh, doing that. And on top of that, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan, I'll be honest here, I'm a big fan of a cash converters. Now for those of you who don't know, cash converters is just a pawnbroker's. So it's crammed full of second-hand stuff at reasonable prices, and I love it. There are tools, there are musical instruments, uh, there's recording kit, there are TVs and bikes and stuff. And I can't help myself, I just love meandering around them. I very rarely buy anything, but I'm always tempted. Uh, it doesn't matter where I am, if I bottle on down a high street and there's a cash converters I have to just stick my head in and go and see if there are any bargains and I did this the other day I was out getting my hair cut and right next door to the salon uh, is this fantastic cash converters and in the window I kid you not was a Wacom or Wacom I've no idea how you're supposed to pronounce that Cintiq it's the 13 inch version but a Cintiq it was on it was a little bit battered so it was in there for not an awful lot of money and so I kind of bit the bullet and bought one. I've always been curious as to whether retouching uh, with a visual display underneath the pen uh, would be any good. Uh, and this seemed like a pretty cheap way of finding out. So I got it home. I've plugged it all in. There's a lot of cables. I'll give it that. This is the older version. There's definitely a lot of cables. Uh, and it makes a rather curious buzzing sound. Uh, however, oh my God, do I love it. 
I absolutely love having the retouch under the pen because I trained as an industrial designer. So in the entirety of my degree, we always had pens of some description in our hands and we're working on, I mean, we're going back a few years, right? So we didn't have computer stuff. Uh, I actually learned Photoshop on Photoshop version one. Uh, so, you know, all the stuff that's out there now is all very different to how it was then. We had layout pads, big pads of marker paper, and we would just sketch. And so actually having the ability to do that um, is so cool for me anyway, because I'm so used to working with a pen. And so that was absolutely uh, a little bit of a revelation. Um, so I'm now in the process of figuring out budgets to get a, a, a more up-to-date one uh, with USB-C on it so I can plug it straight into my laptop uh, and take it out and about. But it's uh, trust me, it's worth a try. It's a little bit weird to get used to, uh, but it's great. And the additional thing for me is that um, these days now I wear glasses. I can see the detail a lot clearer um, when I'm working on a pad right up close uh, than I can on the screens that are across the desk. So it's just great. And I love trying out new things and seeing if it works. I wasn't convinced I like it, but I really do. Uh, right, so let's get on to uh, the podcast itself. Um, now, the topic of this is all about uh, dealing with the disappointment. And why do I say that? Well, so often at the end of a shoot, your prevailing emotion is disappointment. However, before I get into that, I want to make a plea. So I created this podcast for a number of reasons, but one of them was I got a little fed up of always hearing stories from other photographers that were just too good to be true. You know, everyone's always upbeat, they're always happy, they're always making lots of money, um, they've got the best clients in the world, they've created the best photos in the world. You know, life is just a bed of roses. And while I understand from a marketing point of view that you have to have a very positive, a very rosy outlook on life, and we do it too, uh, particularly when I'm with clients, you know, positivity breeds positivity. So I'm not arguing to be negative, um, but so often the stories just were too good to be true. And no one was really talking about what the life of a photographer is actually like. The day-to-day, -day, the nitty-gritty, the bits and pieces. And so I kind of sat down with a microphone and essentially started recording this photographer's life. And in fact, um, that's, that might have been what the podcast would be called if it hadn't been prudent for us to use uh, a name that um, people might be uh, familiar with, which is the Mastering Portrait Photography brand, of course, off the back uh, of the book, which is still seemingly very popular which is why it's called Mastering Portrait Photography, but it is in fact just a viewpoint from this particular photographer and the photographers that I interview on what life's about, what's actually going on, a little bit of honesty, occasionally an argument, uh, but whatever else happens, it's got to be real. And that's what this uh, podcast was all about. And it does seem to have struck a little bit of a chord. Uh, the podcast has grown like crazy and it now feels like I get as many e emails about the podcast as I do about anything else in, in our business, but I'd really love a little help. Now, given you're listening to this podcast, I am going to assume that either you find it interesting or you find it enjoyable, or maybe you've just stumbled over it, over it and are still deciding whether you like the sound of my voice or not. Now, sadly, Sadly, I can't do very much about the sound of, sound of my voice. It's the one I was given and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm 50 years old and it doesn't matter whether I decide to do retraining in voice techniques or whatever. This is the sound of my voice. It's a bit late for me to be doing anything about it. Um, but if you are one of our regular listeners, please could you help us promote 
the podcast. Uh, we're still growing our audience. We have a fantastic audience and it's all over the world now as well, which is kind of exciting and kind of weird all at the same time from Portland, Oregon in the US to Toronto in Canada to Hong Kong in China to Scunthorpe, sunny Scunthorpe here in the UK. And we need more people like you, people who like a little honesty with their coffee. And uh, we need you to help us promote this podcast to other like-minded photographers, other people who you think might enjoy it. So please, 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 can I ask you take a moment to tell just one or two other people who might be interested. Uh, message them maybe or post it on Instagram or Facebook. You can always hop onto Instagram accounts. Almost everything ties back to mastering portrait photography uh, or simply bring it on conversation next time. You know, as you get into one of those, you know, those debates, uh, the merits of high ISO photography, JPEG compression, flash recycling times, that thorny issue of sensor cleaning. I don't mind sensor cleaning actually. I know a few people really can't do it. They can't bring themselves to do it. But I, I had to clean my sensor today after shooting a wedding yesterday. Uh, and I don't mind it. It's worth learning the techniques. Uh, whether you're debating camera bags, tripods, studio flooring, or of course that age-old debate of Nikon versus Canon, which incidentally is not just age-old, is now out of date uh, given the unstoppable tide of Sony and Fuji into the pro market with their magnificent uh, mirrorless cameras. But whatever you're doing, whoever you're talking to in the industry, why not drop this podcast into the conversation somehow, whether it's an online conversation uh, or whether it is an actual conversation with coffee in a location with people. Either way, it would make me very happy. Just send them wherever you get your podcasts and tell them, go on, tell them, be assertive, tell them uh, that they really do need to subscribe. They need this in their lives. Uh, and I'll be forever, forever grateful. Anyway, on to this podcast, which is all about disappointment. And this came up um, because of a question the groom asked me. So let me set a scene. Uh, this weekend, yesterday, I was photographing a wedding in Wells Cathedral. Now, if you don't know Wells Cathedral, you probably find you do. It's been in numerous films, none of which I know, except that Wells itself was in Hot Fuzz. So if you're into your slightly um, cultish films, Hot Fuzz, that's Wells. And in the heart of Wells is a magnificent cathedral, uh, 12th century, just stunning, just stunning. And my bride and groom, my bride, used to be a chorister in Wells School, in Wells Cathedral. And so she was getting married there and had booked the whole works, the, the choir, the cathedral, uh, the bishop's palace. You have to have a connection with the cathedral to be able to, uh, to book it. Uh, so myself and Sarah, we knew it's a long way. It's about a three-hour drive, which I know if you live in America or Canada or uh, Australia, a three-hour drive is just a nip out for a cup of coffee. But in the UK, a three-hour drive is something we have to consider seriously, okay? So <laughs> that's that's a proper distance. Um, so we decided to stay in Wales on the Friday night and the Saturday night. We, we stayed in uh, a little tiny B&B. &B. It's called Number 23. I'll give it a little plug uh, because it was a really nice, it wasn't expensive, it was a nice little B&B. &B. It was really clean, really, really well serviced. Uh, a nice lady and that nice landlady. Um, all the little details, very personal, very characterful. Uh, she was a nice, nice lady, a very big character. Um, great breakfast. And so we stayed in this little B. It's called Number 23. It's in Wells. You can get onto TripAdvisor. You'll find it. Um, 
So just a quick plug. Um, so anyway, Saturday morning comes round uh, and I'm due to meet the groom early doors for a quick walk around the venue. Um, they had had a rehearsal on a Friday night, but sadly I couldn't quite make that as I had some edits I had to finish and get out. So Saturday morning, I meet the groom, myself and Sarah meet the groom outside Welsh Cathedral and we're introduced to the verger, the verger. So he's going to show us around the cathedral and sure enough, this tour. And I think I spent the whole time with my jaw on the floor. This cathedral is out of this world. I can only imagine what this wedding is going to be like. Now, we photograph some really nice venues. I photograph weddings all over the world, but occasionally you just walk into a venue that knocks you off your feet. This is that venue. He then took us to where the reception would be, which is in the Bishop's Palace. An equally glorious venue with the most beautiful gardens, scenery, and the walk between the two locations is also quite interesting and they're going to walk the bride and groom are going to walk with all their congregation from one location to the next and of course as a photographer you know that's going to be a beautiful story to tell there's going to be photographs and interesting moments and movement and the kind of stuff that you can't just create it has to kind of happen and so I am beyond excited I cannot tell you I am beyond excited and the groom asked me what I felt. And I told him, I said, I'm so, so excited about this, but I know, but I know that tomorrow when I drive home, the overriding emotion will be disappointment. Now I know, I know, I know, I know. All right. As I said it, I thought I probably shouldn't have said that, but I'm an oversharer. I can't help myself. I say the wrong things and I talk about this stuff. I said, the overriding emotion as I drive home tomorrow will be disappointment. Because in my head, in my head, I'm going to play back all of the things I didn't have a chance to do. Because this this venue, this location, you, the, everything about this is the stuff of magazines. It's the stuff of, you know, dramatic features. It's the stuff of advertising agencies. And in my head, I've got all of these images. But of course, all of those images are created when there's time. They're created when there's not actually the pressure of a wedding. So although I've got this just unbelievable backdrop to the wedding, is that this is still a real wedding. It's still somebody's most incredible day. It is not a photo shoot. I still have the time pressure. I've got a 2.30 ceremony and a 5.30 sitting for food, etc., etc. You know, it's a normal, everyday wedding that wedding photographers have to deal with. Now, I know a few people out there do insist when they book um, brides and grooms that they have at least two hours unsullied with the two of them. Now, we don't do that. Uh, we sell our services very much on, I'm a portrait photographer at your wedding, but it is your wedding. It's not a photo shoot. So relax and enjoy it and I will get the images. But occasionally you trip over a venue like this where I know you could spend a week there with a team and models and stylists and you would still not run out of areas to photograph and I'm going to try and cover everything in my head in the few hours I get with a bride and groom disappointment that's going to be the overriding emotion and I warned Sarah about this I warned Sarah that on the drive on the way home this is what I was going to feel like. I was going to feel slightly paranoid, slightly worried. Uh, and of course, now I've, I've been through the images. They're sitting here in Lightroom. They're all backed up. 
and duplicated and all renamed um, and ready to go through to Sarah for doing the culling. You know, the whole thing is beautiful. The sun shone. It even shone to just at the right point in the afternoon when I was starting to do the last group shots and then a haze came over um, which gave actually slightly better light, not worse light. Uh, and then everybody went in to get their wedding breakfast and then it rained. And when they finished their wedding breakfast, the rain stopped. And so I even had a chance to take them back outside and get some shots against the floodlit frontage of this cathedral. So it's not like anything was wrong. It's not like I haven't created beautiful images. It's just that we could have carried on forever. There's this fantastic medieval street. And in fact, it's, it's meant to be the, the most preserved, the best preserved medieval street, medieval street in Britain, where the choristers all live. I would have loved to have taken the bride and groom there. I've seen pictures of this place. It would be incredible. Um, there were market, little tiny streets, little archways, little backdrops, little, oh, just these tiny little scenes everywhere. And I would have killed to have taken the bride and groom away and done that. And of course, you can't. It's not possible. And in my head, instead of focusing on all the things I have done, all of the beautiful images we have created, I'm focusing on all the gaps, the things I wish I'd done, the things I'd wish I'd seen, the things that I wish I'd replicated. And of course, that's unrealistic. So the journey home for Sarah, of course, was me muttering that I hope I've got everything. <laughs> I hope I haven't let the client down. Um, and I've got uh, all of the images that I think I should have. Have I, have I done a good job? Um, and it was Sarah that suggested I record this as a podcast to try and explain that it doesn't matter you know, where you are in your career, you will always feel this. It never entirely goes away, or at least it hasn't for me. So often when I leave a gig, that's my feeling that I could have, or maybe I should have done something more or something else. But that emotion isn't really that helpful, nor is it entirely true. Or at least it isn't true that I haven't, it's not, it's not true that I'm disappointed. Not really. Because, of course, I've created hundreds of images that I look, and I've had a look. The images are beautiful. I'm not at all worried about them. So I don't know why I'm dwelling on the ones I miss. And, of course, the client is never going to know. <laughs> well, I say that. The client will know because I told them, and I'm sure, you know, when they come back to see their pictures, they're going to ask me. But I know. I know how I feel. And now, of course, uh, so does Sarah. But here's the thing. It's just because I care. Nothing more. The sensation I'm going through is not really me being disappointed. It's just me making sure in my head, playing back in my head, making sure that I've done a good job. I've done the best job, the best possible job that I could have done, given the timings, given the scenario, given the weather, given everything. I've done the best job I could have done. And I'm just making sure that my client could not be happier. The guilt and insecurity that I go through are just part of that. It's, it's just part of my focus to do the best possible work that I can. And, and this weekend, I have. I know I have. The pictures are lovely. The guilt, that insecurity, well, that's just my reassurance to myself that I really do still care. That insecurity, that sense of, have I done a good job, is if you twist it, instead of feeling it as a negative thing, which I do, I, of course I do, I'm, I'm paranoid, I'm always worried about my work. But all that is, is just me making sure that I've done a good job. Every shoot, every client, every day, every image, 
I really care. And you have to care in this job. The minute you stop caring, the minute you stop feeling those insecurities, hmm, maybe that's time to do something slightly different. But for portrait and wedding photographers, for photographers who have the client right in front of you all of the time, you have to have that. You have to care. You really have to care. And even after all these years, it's still in me. I am still worried. I am still insecure. I am still making sure that every day is the best possible gig I can do. And so I've just learned to live with it. That's how I deal with it. <laughs> There's no, I, I hope, you know, if, if, you're fee, if you feel the same way as me, feel free to email me. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't care. Uh, feel free to email. Um, but if like me, you go through this, maybe you're hoping that at the end of it, I'm going to give you some nugget, some gem of how to deal with it. I don't have one. I really don't have one. And I'll give you an, I'll give you an analogy and it's to do with, um, I used to be uh, a musician. I used to play drums for bands and things. And I used to have exactly the same emotions. I used to have the same adrenaline rush and fear, stage fright before going on stage. And then the same dissection of the performance when I came off stage. And we used to record the performances so that we could play them back and make sure that anything that wasn't quite right, we could sort out the next time. And it's exactly the same as a photographer. I go through the same emotions from start to finish. I go through exactly the same emotions. Um, and that's all to do with caring, with passion, with wanting to do the best gig that I can. And so I've just learned to live with it. And so should you. So at the end of that, I hope that was useful or insightful or just, you know, maybe you do like the sound of my voice. Who knew? <laughs> but if you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, please do subscribe. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify. You can find us on Stitcher, uh, Radio Public, and you can find us on the Google Play app as well. We're out there. You can just subscribe. And of course, why not head over to the home of the podcast, which is MasteringPortraitPhotography.com, uh, where there's a whole heap of articles uh, all about portrait photography. And we're just in the process of adding new articles all about the business sides. Uh, because I don't know if you know, we've got a couple of articles running at the moment. We are in professional photo magazine or pro photo magazine uh, we're also in the nikon magazine the n photo magazine different things uh, pro photo is all about lighting and photography and creativity uh, n photo is all about the business of portrait photography so if you're uh, interested in any of those go pick up those magazines um, and we're starting to put some of the information uh, that we've published in the past few months onto uh, masteringportraitphotography.com uh, as and when uh, we get clearance to do so. So the website is continually evolving. There's more stuff going up all the time. Uh, wedding uh, image critiques, rather, obviously this podcast, articles, you name it. So head across to masteringportraitphotography.com uh, and see what you think. Uh, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, tune in next time. And remember, be kind to yourself. Take care.